Hey, what's going on? BTBT is back with episode 41, the first of the two-part Pittsburgh takeover. BTBT goons Justin and Perry were real excited about this one. The Pittsburgh natives take us through the best breweries and watering holes and also share some experiences from where they grew up. Plus, Perry brought a shitload of craft beer back from Pittsburgh during the Thanksgiving break, and uh, we drink all of it, and we drop some craft beer Pittsburgh knowledge, Pittsburgh style, of course. It's a great show. Really, really hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, you can be some of the coolest motherfuckers around by ordering custom logo BTBT shirts and 16-ounce can-style glassware from the BTBT store, exclusively found at www.beertodaybeertomorrow.com. Fantastic for personal use or for the holiday season. Purchase some of our cool gear today. All proceeds go to making this show as amazing as we can possibly make it. Enjoy this week's episode. Cheers. All right, so this is episode 41 of the Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow podcast, and I am Jay Pitts. This is, uh, we got Perry with us. How you doing, Perry? I'm doing great. We also got Peter. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, so so this is a, a Pittsburgh takeover, and the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to call Peter out on his notes, because I saw Pittsburgh in very capital letters and it had no H in it. Oh, <laughs> what are we in the 1912s? Wow! I actually, I'm looking at my notes now, and I I misspelled Pittsburgh like eight times. <laughs> All right. Well, that's yeah. the first thing you learn about Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was only without the H way back in the day for a little while. Yeah, and we wanted that shit back. Yeah, <laughs> my, my my mother was actually uh, she's an educator, and she came to Pittsburgh for a. Uh, seminar and she did that she 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 left the h off and everyone was like we're we're, we're not all germans here we're not all germans here like, <laughs> like, like like people were just like getting on her i was like wow like it, 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 it's a very serious thing wow yeah i've already committed a cardinal pittsburgh <laughs> sin right and yeah. i mean you know our state capital is harrisburg they don't have the h that, that is very true you gotta you gotta keep their burg straight very true. So, so, so my history with uh, Pittsburgh, um, I lived there for 13 years. I, I, I moved around a lot as a kid, but I went to college at Pitt um, and just was one of the weirdos that kind of stuck around and, you know, moved to New York about three years ago. And Perry, you're from New York. I'm from Pittsburgh. You're from, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I just moved up here in July. So I got almost six months in. Six months in. Getting there. Yeah, but um, you moved around a, a bit as an adult. What, what, what part of Pittsburgh are you from? I'm originally from Brighton Heights in the north side. Okay. Um, just just inside the city limits proper. Okay. Which is always fun because you talk to Western Pennsylvanians and they'll be a county away and they're like, oh yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay. And a lot of people rep Pittsburgh because that's the only thing there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. for as wide as that part of the state is, you're either from Erie, from Pittsburgh, yeah. or somewhere in the east of the state, basically. They're very true. Well, you, you, you see people, uh, I went to high school in Philly and- you see people from like, um, they're from King of Prussia, you yep. know, and, 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 and they're saying they're, Philly first. they'll say Philly yep. and you're like, no, you're from way out there. Yep, yep. You're, you're from, I've seen people from Lancaster be like, I'm from Philly. I was like, Lan- Lancaster is out, is far oh, and, yeah. and, and, way and, out. and the life that you're living out there is, is very much different yep. than someone might live in Philly. So, so tell me what it was like, like living like craft beer wise growing up in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I'm an interesting situation because I only turned 21 when I was graduating college. Okay. Um, 
which I mean that's common, but I was like a year behind basically mm-hmm. age wise, most yeah. of my friends. Mm-hmm. But once I was getting there, I already had some friends and coworkers that were into good beer. So if I was trying stuff that wasn't the swill in the basement at the the college parties, oh right? yeah, old German, let's I was, get it. I was getting yeah. good stuff if I wasn't in a yeah. college basement party. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, I had a bunch of like victory early on. You know, I remember having mistakes of nights where you play beer pong with uh, Golden Monkey. Okay. That'll just, <laughs> well, it sets you drunk straight away. What so. was the first Pittsburgh brewed beer that you had? Is Iron City brewed in Pittsburgh? I think it might still be in the area. Okay. But um, it's hard to say. That's I probably, my answer. I, prob- my answer. I probably had a pen, something by Penn Brewery okay. early on because they were around forever. You know? Yeah. Um. But I mean, ones I remember are more like East End for sure. Okay. So, they, so when did when did East End start? Open. They were. I mean, they were around before I started drinking. So it's what fifteen years now, probably. Okay. They've been around a while. Okay. Because because I maybe, feel maybe like twenty actually. Yeah. The, the the big hop that was kind of yeah that's that's kind of Pittsburgh's like version of this is craft beer that everybody should try. Yes, and. When I when I started getting into craft beer, I, I, I or like my first craft beer that was Pittsburgh based, it was oh, Big Hop, and I, it's a good beer. Oh yeah, it's a good beer. Solid, solid IPA, mm-hmm. no question. And then I, I feel like that they kind of started it out, and then it expanded. Now now there's a bunch of breweries. Would I be am I correct in saying that? Mm-hmm. When I when I left to go traveling, ah. Uh, Six ish years ago, mm. there was a handful of good breweries in town. But when I got back, there was more than triple. It felt like crazy. It's, it's a recent thing, just like here, actually. So I got a little bit, little bit of a, a Pittsburgh East End knowledge okay. for you guys, right? All right. So, um, so owner Scott Smith, he was, he was, he has one of those typical. Thank you, sir. He's one of those typical stories, right? Where he was a home brewer for nearly a decade before he made that switch. Um, he actually, um, what he did. He quit his corporate job, which I believe was in consumer products, and he sunk his life savings basically into kettles and fermenters before – and he did this before it was a trendy thing to do. I mean he, he did – he started selling beer in December of 2004. So they're a brew pub, tap room, and a production brewery distributing kegs, cans, and, and bottles too, I believe, throughout yep. – um, all of Western Pennsylvania. We got one of those bottles today. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. And uh, they have two locations, right? So they, they're offering pints and taster flights at both of them. And obviously the bottles, cans, crowlers, growlers, brewery tours. They have the Brew Pub, which is on 147 Julius Street. And then they have the Brewery Tap Room, which is on 102 19th Street. When yep. do they open that tap room? The tap room's pretty recent. I, I stopped in when I was home before I moved up here. And I think it was still fairly new because it was originally part of a market in the strip and then they opened their own location because it was doing so well okay um but yeah it's a really cool space actually they have uh the lamps are actually like hop buds Mm -hmm. like really really sick glasswork okay and the big beers they had if i'm not mistaken was it fat gary and monkey boy were those two of like those are two of their more well-known more well-known right yeah yeah. so they they played a big role in kind of creating that pittsburgh craft beer scene right yeah he kind of he was sort of like the dogfish head up if you will like kind of led the pack into being like we can do this here why aren't we let's go for it mm-hmm. well yeah he, he did that whole you know quitting the job before it was kind of like a trendy thing to do that yeah. you see now i mean he did it back way back then and you know it's just kind another of another interesting thing that he did was um like the good fear good beer for good friends 
It's kind of like a Kickstarter, if you will, right? But before Kickstarter was even a thing, right? If you want to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. So people were investing money. Um, Whoops. It's a little action Bronson in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we got a bunch gotta of people. Got to keep it Queens a little bit, right? He got to get a bunch of people to invest early on up front, right? And he was like, you're paying for beer that I'm going to brew later. But if you give me all this money, I can make this investment now. I can actually brew the good beer because I can get the equipment I sure. need. And the community reaction was amazing. Like, I think he got all that he needed and more pretty much within a few months straight away. Very cool. And that was the reason they got to grow the speed they they wanted to. Very cool. So now this beer that you just poured out, this is the Barbarian IPA by by Hitchhiker, 7.5%. Have you had this before? This one I haven't. Or if I did, it was a while back. Um, mm-hmm. The other one is newer, and I actually got to taste it while I was back in Pittsburgh. Um, it's also really good. Yeah, now the, the, their tap room is that suburban. Both of them are, yeah. They're both they're both suburban, but they're actually still fairly accessible. I was surprised because mm-hmm. um, the original one is not too far off the T, which okay. is like the light rail in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, and then the new one, I got a ride out there, but I was able to walk a few blocks and catch a bus straight back in. Mm-hmm. And the bus that I actually took goes through Lawrenceville in the Strip where there's another five or six breweries. Okay. So it's kind of like how the L's blowing up here. Yeah. That's how Lawrenceville and the breweries are. So you actually, if you're willing to go another 10, 15 minutes on that bus, you can make it out to there. Mm-hmm. And then you have Dancing Gnome and you have Hitchhiker at the end. Okay. So it's okay. actually, yeah, it's further out, but it's still near the border. Got it. Now, now, did you have factification for uh, Hitchhiker? Hitchhiker Brewing Company. They're located at uh, 190 Castle, Shannon Boulevard in Mount Lebanon. Uh, late 2017, Hitchhiker opened a second location at 1500 uh, South Canal Street they in Sharpsburg. They have two locations. Yeah. yeah this Shit. Is, this is, these are from the new one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember um, when, this, when they were opening. So that's very interesting. So if I'm not mistaken, the, the draft list of Hitchhikers, typically um, they have eight beers year-round, most of which are constantly rotating, as well as homemade dry cider, homemade root beer, and a mead uh, from Alps Mead in Carnegie. Um, they're they're kind of um, interesting. They're, they're devoted to refining time-honored styles and discovering new ones, and they're focused on the evolution of their craft, exploring the unknown, and the excitement of introducing people to their beer. So the original pub and former brewery is located in the heart of Mount Lebanon and offers both beer and food. So it's an inviting space to hang out for a few beers, take growlers, cans to go. The new brewery and tap room located in Sharpsburg in a building which was once home to the Fort Pitt Brewing Company has a 15-barrel brew house and a 25-foot-long steel top bar. Um, and the brewery says that they uh, they remain committed to brewing the best beer possible within the lowest uh, environmental impact. Um, so what can you guys tell me about, uh, about this spot? I, I can say one thing. I, so when I stopped at the, I stopped at the Sharpsburg, the new one, uh, which I hadn't been, I've been to the original one as well. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. Actually, the parking lot still says parking for Fort Bid brewing. Oh that is kind of funny. So Trying to keep the history alive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's got like the nice, you know, kind of like steam smokestack on top. Uh, the space is really nice. They actually have a bar room and then like the brew space. But they have seating over there, so you can literally be, you know, a handful of feet away from the vessels. Nice, but yeah, it's a it's a nice new space for sure. And now we're, we're drinking their Barbarian IPA. What do you guys think of that? I like it. I like it. it. It's got a nice little, like, subtle taste. It's not too hoppy. Yep, it's almost a little bit sweet, almost. Yeah. Uh, but not like cloy sweet, or not you know, not like sugary sweet. Just, yeah. just a bit to make it not 
you know, a hot bomb. It's um, it's sessionable. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, so my story with Hitchhiker is I've known the head brewer, Andy, since that kid was like 16 years old. Andy Kwiatkowski is a hip hop dude. Like that is a backpack hip hop motherfucker. Like we're right there. That, <laughs> that guy, that guy, I, I, I knew this kid. From battling, he used to battle. He used to he used to go to to hip hop battles and battle people. He was part of a clique of dudes. Um, shout out to Kid A. It was called S- Solid Ground Entertainment. And you know when we were you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty, in college, they were the younger kids that would come around and, and we'd be like, "Yo, you guys are dope," you know. And, and and it was just very funny. To see Andy many years later, not not necessarily doing any hip hop, but 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 getting into brewing and, and like what well, the thing that that I, I took from him when he was rapping because he was a very serious guy about rapping. He was a guy that was all about his business. He had he had this album and he like like he saved up his money to like get at the time for us that that were like decently known rappers like Icon the Mike King on his shit so. It's very funny. Like I, I used to spend a lot of time on AIM talking to Andy, and to see him be be you know turn you know from like like as a young backpack rapper to to the head brewer of Hitchhiker that 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 we're that we're drinking right now that that's pretty cool. Well, it's another cool. artistic expression, right? I mean, yeah. right from from hip hop to brewing is definitely it's a combination of science and art. Absolutely. Um, and just real quick, you said Icon of I King was that was that the guy that um um Vinny Paz and his and his boys beat the hell out of and No. Oh, yes, yes, that that is. Yeah, cuz they battled for for the name. For the name. They yeah. battled for the name. Cuz Paz used to be Icon the verbal hologram. That's true. And then yeah, yeah, so 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 Icon won that battle. Shout out to Icon, man. Um uh, out, out there to getting money, getting, getting real money out there. Yeah, he's still around. He he yeah he's a, he's Philly based. He's a he's a Philly based rapper. It's it's funny. Um, I was at a, uh, I was at a, a a friend of a friend is married to a rapper named Pack FM. Pack FM is a is a big New York backpack rapper. Yeah, and and they, they, like Pack FM said. Like they used to go around and and Icon the Mike King would be like, oh, we're cousins, we're cousins, we're cousins, we're cousins, and they're not actually cousins. And so like I asked this, I asked this guy's wife, I was just like, yo, all just about Icon Mike King for a whole hour, uh, this last week, just last week. But that's a total tangent. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we went over. That, 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 that's I'm another sorry. show. That's another show. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 don't. That, that, that's that's. Uh, we'll get on that hip hop show for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I met Andy as well back in the day. Uh, a lot of us would get together at Piper's, mm-hmm. a great, great craft beer bar in Pittsburgh on the south side, and just share, you know, share beers and mm-hmm. stories and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I remember him working on bringing the brewery up, and yeah, it's definitely been awesome to see somebody like who really wanted it to happen have it actually come together. Yeah, he's a pretty young guy too. Yeah, and yeah, like like also, you know, Piper's great place to watch soccer oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> just, just had that world cup draw so i'm sure you, know, you got a lot of soccer fans in pittsburgh yeah well, one yeah. of the few bars i think in in pittsburgh that opens at like 6 a.m yep, sometimes early for yeah. the games yeah yeah especially for the world cup which is like i remember being there at six o'clock just to watch i remember one time yeah we were we went to watch like north korea versus somebody in in a recent World Cup, it's funny. I think this next World Cup, it, it's in Russia, so I think the timing won't be so bad. I think the games here 
if I'm not mistaken, are going to be like 2 or 2.30. I think, I could be wrong, but I think with the time difference, it's... Depends on where in Russia. Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess it depends like on where in Russia. Plus 7 to plus 17, depending on where you're talking about. Well, I'm hoping it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping it works out because I'm like one of those guys that like, I'll DVR the games and I try my best to kind of avoid knowing the result. And I think in, in America is probably the only place in the world, not, well... Well, in the Western world where you can probably get away with doing that. Like I think if you were in other countries, it'd be like if you were in Europe or South America, I don't think you'd be able. Yeah, you'd know right away. People be in the streets like going crazy, (laughs) you know. Now, now not to derail the conversation too much, but America's not in it. America's not in it. No. Who who are you rooting for? So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, you know, I, I'm, I'm very sad and, and annoyed that America's not in it. I think America's not in it. I can go on a whole tangent as to what I think. <laughs> okay. I think there's, there's a lot of problems in, in the, the system. Um, we have some great players, but there's a lot of problems. So um, my background is I'm, I'm also part Greek, and Greece also didn't make it, but I'm also part German. Um, and usually if it's not, you know, I'm always rooting for Germany anyway, so I'm, I'm hardcore rooting for Germany. Like there's no – this one I'm, I'm fully on, like Germany's my pick. Okay. I'm gonna just root for the continent of Asia, um, Africa, rather, <laughs> like like any any African teams in it. Let's there, bet there's on black, quite a few. Baby. Let's bet on black. Excuse me in here. Let's bet on black. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Perry, you uh, you a soccer guy at all? I honestly, I watched a lot when I was in Europe because you can't not. You, there's no avoiding it there. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I have no idea. I've been paying attention to who's in, who's out. But I got a lot of Slavic background, so. You know, if there's if there's any Balkan countries, I'm I'm up for that. Well, and, and that's the thing, right? Because yeah, I think you touched on something interesting. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons why I'm I'm upset as a U.S. soccer fan that USA is not in it, uh, but also like USA being in it, it brings a lot of people that don't normally really watch soccer or just maybe they're yeah. kind of casual, mm-hmm. but they'll pay attention because it's the World Cup and you want to support your country, sure. and that helps elevate and grow the game here, and then it's good for their league, the MLS. Um, and it's just good for the sport. So it's a really big blow, especially because America is in a really shitty region. Like CONCACAF isn't like, you know, no disrespect to these other countries, but it's not a very powerhouse region. Okay. They really should have made it, um, you know, but they didn't. So now, you know, you got like that really in the years past, it was USA and Mexico, the two biggest teams there. But USA fucked up. They couldn't take care of business. And um, now there is they're not in the World Cup. Very sad. It is sad. sad. It is sad. But I, I, what I'm telling you, what I'm not sad about, I'm not sad about drinking these Pittsburgh beers today. <laughs> <laughs> Good I mean, segue. Good and segue. And yeah. We're going to talk about all the soccer real quick, though. Pittsburgh does have a soccer team with yeah. their own stadium, River Hounds. The River Hounds. Yeah. So. They play right. like League Three, like the, the third. Yeah. League I don't. Is I don't, like I don't know where that. I have no idea yeah. where that falls. But I have friends yeah. who like pretty fun games apparently. In the Strip, where is that? Uh, no, it's, it's right by Station Square. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. right. Okay. So do you guys, I mean, that's a good segue. Do you guys want some like corny Pittsburgh facts? Let's do Could it. I pull it? And right, let's do it. it on. It's not, it's not beer related, but the, the, here, here's some Pittsburgh facts, right? So in 1954, WQED became the first community-sponsored educational TV station in America. Ooh. And that happened, that was Pittsburgh. Still around. Yeah. I was uh, just watching something about Mr. Rogers. There you go. Yeah. China, China actually, he was talking to like Congress to bring more funding back into public broadcasting. Mr. Rogers is a smart guy. Yes, he was. And now, did you guys know that Pittsburgh has more bridges than Venice? I believe yeah. that. They call it the city of bridges. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is our namesake for sure. They have, yeah. they have, you guys have over 445 bridges, many of them crossing the three rivers. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, and did you know Pittsburgh is the home of the emoticon? 
No, I did know that. that I didn't. That, I did not that, know that. That's a little CMU in joke, basically. It was. It was created in 1980 by Carnegie. Yeah, Carnegie Mellon University computer scientist uh, Scott Falman. He record. He created the um, the smiley face emoji. So all the emojis. Every time you're on the train, people are sending these stupid emojis to everybody. You could thank Pittsburgh for that. Yeah. Interesting. Started off in ASCII. I still. I still love to rock the ASCII, but you know. <laughs> People are people are all about the little the real emoji nowadays. There you go. So, so what you hit an alt plus zero one one six one no, like no, no, every I time? Just, I just mean <laughs> no, just the straight up you know winking smiley face whatever. Winking you know, smiley. Keep it simple. Okay. Well, like a semicolon. I, yeah, I don't. Br- I don't have all the crazy like sweaty like fucking aliens and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first Ferris wheel was invented by a Pittsburgh native George W. Ferris. Um, Carney, this one's actually really interesting. Carnegie Mellon University opened the first robotics center okay. in 1979. I used to work there. And uh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty awesome. That yeah. That's... And, and high school, I was working there in one of the, the field robotics center. Part of oh, the wow. Robotics Institute. That's really, that must have been an amazing experience. It was, yeah, it was really cool. It was just like, uh, being not yet in college, it mm-hmm. was nice because I was getting real, real life experience. Right. Even when we were doing a lot of academia stuff. But we were next to the high bay where the guys who did the grand challenge were working. So all those, wow. all those like uh, Hummers that they were outfitting to do autonomous driving, that was I walked by it every day. Wow, that's pretty. That's what's up. That's really cool. Yeah. And um, some I got some more. If you guys want, if you guys interested in a couple more, yeah. okay, let's do it. You want a couple more? I got yeah. a couple. So Jonas Salk of the University of Pittsburgh invented the world's first polio vaccine in 1952. Yeah. That make that, that make. If you go to Pitt, like there's a Salk School of Science. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a claim to yeah. fame. We're not gonna not. So you yeah. you you can completely tell this is a not a total Pittsburgh outsider with these facts, right? <laughs> You're like, what are these things? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And all right, so did you know, did you guys know that you guys invented bingo? didn't know that one. So the very first bingo that. game invented by Hugh J. Ward was called in Pittsburgh in the in the early 20s. Uh, and by 1924, I guess it became the nationwide phenomenon. But apparently, yes, Pittsburgh um, invented bingo. We also you ever go to bingo night? I've been to a few little bingo nights, yeah. Okay. I've been to the, I, I think it's like the bingo night where they also have banjo night in the I north side. My, uh, my brother's been to that a bunch of times. I haven't gone yet. I've been invited okay. a couple of times, but I've heard about it. Supposed to be cool. Yeah. Okay. And I got one last one, and this one I'm sure you guys know. So the Presbyterian University Hospital uh, entered the history books December 3rd, 1989, where the doctors performed the the world's first ever kidney, liver, and heart transplant. Gangsters. So that that is pretty crazy. Um, But let's let's get back down to business, right? Let's get let's get back to the beer. You know, Pittsburgh, um, as you guys know better than me, has has really become recently over the past decade a real hub for craft beer. Yep. Uh, I know that that it's you know German immigrants came in the 1800s. Um, you know they we, more than just that. That was what, we were literally the melting pot before before it was anywhere else. We were not only the melting pot; we were making the steel that was building the rest of the country in massive melting vats of steel. Well, there you go. <laughs> and and also the fact that you guys are surrounded by those rivers, like a lot of those German immigrants found that the mineral composition in the rivers was very close to the water back home. In, in Germany, and that made it like a perfect um, place for, for beer to take a stronghold. Yeah, I, I feel like I remember reading that pre-Prohibition, we had one of the larger populations of breweries. I mean, obviously, you know, America-wide, all that disappeared, and we've only just built back up to, what, four forty five hundred now. Now, why, did, well, why was there a decline in breweries? 
I mean, it was literally prohibition. If you couldn't produce something that was non-alcoholic, mm-hmm. you shut down. Prohibition killed a lot of stuff. But okay. I don't know if this is still how how recent this data was. But according to what I researched, Pittsburgh actually has more bars per capita per square mile yeah. than or any city like in the U.S. It's about twelve per every ten thousand residents, which is more. Part of that than, is the crazy. actual population, but part of it is that yeah, we like to drink. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's a drinking town for sure. Yeah. Right. It, what's funny about that is like, I feel like as of, if, if we're talking about like 2010, I've been to like 90 to 95% of those bars. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, the scene's getting bigger now that yeah. all the restaurants are showing up and everything else. But mm-hmm. yeah, back then there was tons of bars and they were all mostly co-located mm-hmm. and a handful of neighborhoods. Well, yeah. and, 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 and it, you know, my, my stories about a lot of those is like, I walked into a lot of bars and like, I don't think I'm allowed in here. I don't think I'm really welcome up in this spot. You know, <laughs> you go to those na- neighborhoods bars. It's just like you get, you get some faces. You're like, dude. <laughs> I mean, some of those bars are so yeah. like the bars where my parents grew up. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't go to them because I'm not sure I'm welcome even growing up down the street because mm-hmm. they're just super local. They're, they're super local. Did you ever go to. There's a bar. It's, a, it's in Bloomfield. It's off Liberty. It just has a sign. It's just like a house. It has a sign on the door. The, the local people they call it the racist bar. Have you ever been in? That's what they call the shit. That's I what they call the shit. I, one, I don't, I don't know if Perry wants to go on air and say I've, I've been to the racist bar. <laughs> that's what they do. That's what they call it. Like it's yeah. just it's just a bar. Somebody got shot in there. I don't know if it's still around, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I know that. <laughs> it's what, right by the Brillo box. What what part of Pittsburgh is that? It's called. It's, it's in Bloomfield. Bloomfield. Yeah, it's in Bloomfield. So yeah. I I read that um um well. I don't know about the racist bar, but I um <laughs> I, I read that that um you know recently what's helped kind of grow beer um in Pittsburgh is that in 2015, there was a change in Pennsylvania law that basically made it possible for breweries to sell pints on site without holding a restaurant or brew pub license, and go. that kind of like opened up the game a little bit more to kind of continue to push craft beer. And obviously in Pittsburgh, the craft beer scene now is, has been taking hold longer than that, but I think that's that's pretty significant. Um, and, um, Perry's our best friend right now. He, he just brought some dancing gnome. Uh, and I'm, 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 as a non Pittsburgh guy, I'm very excited about this. I've heard some interesting things about I'm dancing gnome. I'm not, can, can we, can we talk about that? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't want to derail what no, 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 no. Pa- pa- let Perry talk on this. Real quick, just interestingly enough. Um, so these guys are right down the street from the new Hitchhiker venue. Um, but they're actually also in town in New York. For the Juicy Fest, so so they're here. They're here this weekend in New York. Yeah, they got the brewers are in town and they're doing the doing irony. some cool stuff. Yeah, I might I might pop by tonight and see if I can say hey. <laughs> there we go. Um, but also just shout out like you were talking about the uh, Pennsylvania laws changing. Fuck the PLCB. Oh, for <laughs> sure. I you know growing up there or being in college there, you couldn't get a beer on Sunday. Right, like it, that oh, was yeah. a big deal. I knew people that drove to Ohio to wow. pick up kegs for Steeler games. Wow, that's how bad that was. Yeah, like it, it, it was pretty bad. But then, like Giant Eagle became the big oh, they, thing. They to found get on the Sunday. they found the loophole, and they're trying to make the loophole normal now. Okay, but yeah, like like a Canadian Breakfast Stout just got released from Founders, mm-hmm. and you know. Based on Facebook, everybody was just crushing through to find those and get them as early as they could. Mm. And Giant Eagle was actually one of the best places to get them this year. Okay. So it is nice that, you know, the places that can now do. Mm. 
Yeah, Giant Eagle is the major supermarket chain in Pittsburgh, by yep. the way. Yeah. So, so, so Dancing Gnome, located at 925 Main Street in another Sharpsburg Brewery. Just down the um, road. So they're kind of interesting. What's they, the bus? What's the bus line? Oh, you got to tell us the bus Take line. Take the 91. Take the 91? Yeah. So, so it goes from on Butler in Lawrenceville. Yep. And then continues out across and over there. That's what I was saying. It's If you think of all the we'll ones that are that opening Taco in Bell first. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. I, I'm already like hurting thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they're they're interesting. The way they describe themselves is very interesting. So they they say they're a beer, uh, their beer is brewed with knowledge, passion, and lucid abandon. They're an industrial brewery, tap room pouring craft beers, and inviting digs with a view of the production area. Dancing Gnome is the germination of ardent exploration and the thirst for veracity. They unapologetically brew hop pronounced styles and believe in the process of designing, refining, and perfecting their creations. They believe in indulgence in a harmonious blend of earnest work and ebullient play. They believe in the dichotomy of reverent traditions and brazen pioneers, and they brew with knowledge, passion, and again, lucid abandon. So I love the way I, I've heard of this brewery. I've never had anything from them. I, I just, just researching them and looking at their site and, and some supplemental areas about them. I love the way they describe themselves. Like, I, I think it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and I like this can art. It's like simple for the is, do, do Galaxy know, does Jam. Does anybody notice significance of the microphone on the can? I really like the mic. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, I don't know, actually. I, maybe it's related to the jam side? Yeah. Just I don't know. Jamming out? I don't know. Yeah. But what do you, got, what do you guys I'll, think of the beer? I'll have to find out if I can talk to them. Um, it, it's tasty. Tasty. So so this is, uh, yeah, this is second IPA in a row. Yep. Yeah, we're doing three IPAs, a double, and then... Barley wine. And then barley wine. And oh um, they, yeah. they, they call themselves an organoleptic, well, they call this beer an organoleptic India pale ale, um, 6.8% ABV. Um, I like that on the on the can, they're like, chill, drink, repeat. Um, I'm consume definitely down fresh. for that. Yeah, yeah. of course, you got to consume this fresh. Um, I like this. I feel this is more hop forward than the uh, Barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, di- different style. I mean, this is also a mosaic right. blend, so I think they were pushing... They're it's pushing really the hops, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 it comes through. This is really, it's tasty, very tasty. Do you know the guys that were behind this? So I I have never met the people behind Dancing Gnome. Uh, when I was home a few like early last late last year, I guess, I went out to an event they had selling tickets for um, was it beers of the Berg? They were selling early tickets, early bird tickets to that. That was the first time I got to see this space. And it is a really nice space as well. Okay. Um, you know, Pittsburgh's cheap anyways. Like, the main barrier, it seems, in New York is just finding a space and paying for it, right? Yeah. And building it out. Obviously, it's a much cheaper situation in Pittsburgh. But then you even go that little bit outside the city and it's even cheaper, generally sure. speaking, right? Absolutely. So you can do a lot with very little. So let me, if you know that, what you're doing. That, that's why I think, like, if I get done with New York, like... And I think that's going to happen. I might have to move back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'd have, I'd, I'd have to. I'd, I'd consider it. Yeah, I I'd mean, consider it. I've, Colorado it, is another one because I can smoke some. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. I've never done that in my in, life. In, the, pre, in, in, the, in the previous <laughs> episode, you confirmed that you've never done that in your yeah. life. Yeah. I've never done that in my life. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> it's finally medicinal. So Pennsylvania has a very limited medicinal now, at least. So. Well, let me ask you guys, as, as a com- there you go, as a complete Pittsburgh novice, so let, let me take it back to the basics. Right. What time do the bars close there? Two o'clock. They close two, 2 o'clock. Statewide, and everything's done. 2 a.m., but, but 
I go to a place called the Castle. Yeah, that that a, it used to be open till five. Yeah, there's a handful of. It, it used to be open till five. I mean, secret, shout out, yeah. shout out to the Castle, man. I'm a, I, I'm a membership holder there. That place is open till three thirty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and now when you guys are buying um craft beer pints, right? What are you guys paying for a pint over there? Five, six bucks. Maybe a little more if you're in like certain parts of town. Yeah. And and what about for the uh, sorry to cut you off, but, but I'm just curious. So the can releases, right? So obviously they're coming in four packs. What do you like average for an IPA, let's say, since we're drinking those, what are you guys paying for a four pack down there? I think it was about the same. I think around sixteen ish. Okay. So around here I I've noticed in New York it's it's actually it's a little bit more. They, yeah, they, like eighteen to twenty, right? Eighteen but, to twenty. But something I I feel like I mean at the end of the day, right, you're still making the same kind of beer. You're putting that much money into the ingredients. Yes. So it's it's kind of similar, right? It's a little bit cheaper just because they're not paying as much to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. But Fair enough. But they're still putting that into the beers. Yeah. Fair enough. What would you say, like, um, as far as macro beers? Like, if you want a yingling there, it's around, what, would you say three, uh, four? Depend, it depends, right? Three, four. You can get them for a buck anywhere, like, yeah. on happy hour. <laughs> on the happy hour, for sure. Wow. For sure. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, three fifty probably a bottle. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty average. Yeah, they had that tax there. Now all, all the, the oh yeah, the, it's, the, it's it, seven it's percent funny money there. Yeah, it's seven yeah. percent on alcohol now, which yeah. just matches actually what uh, state and county tax was on everything else. I, I forget because out here everything is a is an even dollar, but you go back there and people are like, I want five fifty for this beer. Like, what is this coin shit? So actually, that's shit? the funny thing because. New York's percentage is really odd, right? It's like 8.87 or something weird, right? Oh, for taxes. But the thing is that most places here know nobody wants to deal with change. Yeah. And they got over that ages ago, so they price it so it is flat. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas in Pittsburgh, 7% is odd anyways, and they just here deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, how is accessibility for, if if you're trying to get like beers from, you know, neighboring cities you know because because i always i always found it so interesting like new york you think new york new york's like one of those cosmopolitan hubs in the world and it's it's not specific to how new york functions but just the way you know craft beer is distributed but it's hard to get a lot of other different types of craft beer i mean we we get a good variety but there's a lot of like west coast stuff with we just we just don't get for many reasons but i'm just curious so like in pittsburgh no pittsburgh's actually been growing quickly like the interesting part is that philly always gets first dibs because they okay. have more people. Okay. No question, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you enter the Pennsylvania market proper, you start in Philly. Almost de facto. Okay. But because Pittsburgh has all these breweries popping up and everybody's getting to know them, and they know it's a small but dedicated scene, really, a lot of breweries are starting to actually pop up and do Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Rheingeist out of Cincinnati. They started in Pittsburgh, I believe, not in Philly when they came to Pennsylvania. Okay. Partly because it's closer, but partly because they had really good feedback as soon as they were in town. Yeah. You know, and there's lots of little breweries or just West Coast that are like starting to play with the East Coast. Okay. They know that it's it's an easier sort of test market. Sure. Also, also I should point out that pe- people do this all the time. From Pittsburgh to Philly is five and a half hours. That's a five and a half hour drive. It's like, a it's long. Not, it's a long drive. It's it's. It's not. People seem to say, think like, "Hey, it's, this is we're right next to each other." I honestly yeah. like like I I I didn't think you guys were like right right next to each other, but I didn't realize it was five and a half. I thought it was like a couple hours. No, like from yep. here to to Pittsburgh is a seven hour drive. No, I'm saying from Pittsburgh yeah. to Philly. Yeah, yeah, but that's still five. Like, yeah, Pennsylvania is the size of an island in New Zealand. 
Yeah, Pennsylvania is huge. It's massive. Huge. Everybody forgets that. Yeah. Pennsylvania is huge. You, you get so many questions out here like, you go to Philly often? You go to Philly often? And I'm like, that's, that's, it's a hike. Yeah. I'm it's a hike well, to go to Philly. I might as well drive to Chicago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same amount of time. So, so now, just about. Yeah. Just, just I have a question for you. I know you're kind of just really immersing yourself in the world of craft beer. It, this, this now, this is the first beer you've had from Dancing Gnome, right? Sure. But you've had beers, have you, from Hitchhiker, you've had beers from them before, correct? No, no, no. no. So, so, so the, the the big ones that I've only really had before I left was uh, East End. Yep. And I had their uh, the, the main one that I had that I liked was the Winter Rail. Right. Because it was so strong. Uh, shout out to Remedy. They, they they always had that on tap, and I blacked out there many times <laughs> drinking some Winter Rails. And yo, shout out to that bar. They, they they you know their ceiling fell in. Do you know Do you know this story? I don't know that I, I I know a place in Oakland that happened. They they, they bought that place. So set the scene. So where, where where in Pittsburgh are we talking about? We're talking about Lawrenceville. Okay. Uh, we, so 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 when I moved to Lawrenceville, it was maybe '09. All right. And when they they bought it from a place called Ray's Fish, something like that. It's, it's from something like that. And and so when they bought it, they had they had uh, they had ceiling issues. So fast forward to last year or something. The, the the ceiling caved in. It's a it's a three tiered three four floor place. Oh wow! And the, the ceiling came in, and I, I don't know if they've reopened. I think they recently reopened. But but shout out to Remedy, man. Uh, right on Butler. I used to throw parties there. So so I had my yeah. I used to getting all nostalgic here. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Anthony, uh, who who owns that place for sure. Good um, stuff. But, but so so let, so let me ask you, Perry. Yeah. Where, if you want to get crappy, where would you go? So I'm not gonna lie, right? I grew up in the North Side, which is kind of dead. It's yeah. mostly residential. It's expensive though. Now it's getting expensive. I think it's starting to get there just because there is so much good housing stock yeah. there. Right? But isn't cost of living I, at least oh, compared to New York, com- which is ridiculous here, like half, but- probably. Yeah. It, but the interesting aspect, actually, of Pittsburgh is that rent is skyrocketing for certain areas. The place okay. that I am staying in now is that gentrification over there happening too, or is no, it just? And that, it's and just that's, that's the thing, right? Like certain areas are getting so expensive if you're renting. It, it's similar to New York. I'm only paying. Really? I'm only paying a couple handful hundred more than I would for a good location in Pittsburgh. So it almost makes more sense to just they, purchase. They but yeah, if you're buying, it's super cheap still. Comparatively, yeah. well, like Lawrenceville. Wow. Well, Shit, I'm, I might you might find me in Pittsburgh at some point. Well, Got a lot well, of kids to feed. The problem is, is that yeah. the, the the pay increase has not necessarily matched what the rent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It depends if been. if you're in a market where yeah. you're already being paid really well. Yeah. Pittsburgh is a shoe in. It's easy, right? Mm-hmm. And you can afford to pay the rent there if you're not ready to commit. But if you're not making that much money, then yeah, housing is still cheap and it's reasonable no matter what you're. I feel like, it, yeah, I mean, kind of to your point, I feel like if you're making X amount of money, if you're certain, you know, depending what you do, like you can go to other states and you'll still get paid really well and yep. you'll live comfortably. But I think it's the people below that, that kind of pay gap that, that kind of would struggle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like if I tried to go to Pittsburgh and try to ask for the money that I make here, they, they'd laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I feel about it. So, well, yeah. um, but to get back to your question, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You, were, you were asking. So yeah, so I grew up in the north side, but you know, I went to school in Oakland, went to Pitt just like you. 
mm-hmm. worked at Carnegie Mellon, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to Southside, and I was working for a company in the Southside Works. And Southside is kind of like, I don't know what to describe it. Sort of like maybe the Williamsburg? It's, no, it's no, not no. As, Lawrenceville well, is Williamsburg. In the Lawrenceville hipster way, but I mean, there's the yeah. density of bars. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, maybe it's more like, like the Lower East Side. Like, like, like East Carson is very, is very douchey. It's like it's like Car- you know you put a you, you put a line of bars down down a row. It really, it's not all it really that. Is it's not like, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's very probably, douchey. I think it is more like Lower East Side. You have certain parts of those blocks. Yeah. Where you're like nah, and then yeah. you also have a ton of just great spots. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so I lived on the South Side for five-ish years, maybe a little more. Mm-hmm. I lived um, there for the last year I lived there. Yeah, and I always lived higher up. We, we like to joke about the South Side, right? So around 10th Street up to 17th Street. And these are small blocks, to be honest. It's all the clubs and like not-so-great bars, mostly. Mm-hmm. There's some good ones meat, in there. Meatpacking, meatpacking. Yeah, there's, there's some good spots in there, but mostly mm-hmm. that's where the insanity happens on the weekends mm-hmm. and the stupidity. <laughs> but once you pass 17th Street, it's a little bit thinner. But great spots. Yeah. So, fail. what what are some of your guys? And, and let's go. Yeah, let's so go. He, he set it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you set it up, Perry. So, so, so what are, what are some of these great spots, so and like, why are they so great? Like my second home on the south side was Fatheads, and I brought some of their beers. They brew in Ohio, but the bar, the original bar, is in in the south side, and uh, they joined the brand. The the brewer joined the brand and brought it out, and they're expanding like crazy, which is amazing. Um. So yeah, can't wait to. Talk about them some more later. They in the cask show. beers, right? Like, they used there? to have. They used to have casks. Okay. They they actually refurbed the entire bar over the last year. Okay. Looks when, when I was there last, that, that's what they were doing. Yeah, and it looks okay. amazing. I just got to see it like fully fleshed out the other day when I was home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome. It actually it's funny too because they have all the subway tile. So I'm like, did I just leave New York to go back to New York? But it's <laughs> no, it looks really sick, and okay. uh, so have it's cool to, to see them growing that way. So what I want to know is. From both of you, what what's your most like? This is the most fucked up I got in Pittsburgh story. You guys, do you guys have have some stories? I'm sure you guys got I mean, a I'm lot of stories. College there, so so absolutely. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't remember half the stories. Uh, yeah, I, already now, forgot. I, I, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in a fraternity. Shout out to ZBT. Uh, so so I I can say so I didn't drink beer, alcohol until I went to college. So so I was 18 when I started drinking. Wow, that's crazy and, to me. And uh. My second week of of college, we went to a to a place where they had a, a, just like a bar in in a house party. Like they they just had a bar, and so we were just like me and and this guy. I'm not gonna name his name, but we we he was just like, yo, let me get a shot. He's like, let me get a shot. <laughs> and then it was like, well, I'm just like you soft. I'm like, I'm not soft. I'm about to have another shot. Boom, two. You know, five minutes later, three, four, five. Yeah, you could tell you guys never, never drank before. Yeah, we never drank before. <laughs> so, so within forty minutes of being there, I had to be carried home, and it was like it was like we we left for these bars on the dot because because I'm anal about time. Yep, we left for bars at nine o'clock. I was home by ten, puking in my fucking hamper. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was absurd, and you know, yeah, I was 18 years old, and it was just like wow. No, it's similar for me for college, at least. I mean, I was starting to go out to... I'd never drank until college. And... Am I just like a shitty person? 
Is that, is, 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 is that? No, no. I, I mean, for me, I was just a nerd. I didn't go out. <laughs> I, I mean, I was drinking at a pretty early age. Like, but so here's the I thing. When yeah. I when I got to college, I just turned was it sixteen or seventeen because I had a year up, right? So I was starting young, like I said. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I must have been seventeen freshman year, but yeah, there were like the first time I really started drinking. I'd go out and have a sip, figure it. You know, I was figuring that out. But I remember distinctly the first serious party. I got wasted. And, you know, they had like jungle juice and kegs and all the things. You yeah, yeah. And I just remember sitting in the backyard of this party. And it was like a, a picture. You know group. what street it was on? Oh, yeah. It was up in North Oakland. Um, okay. It was uh, it was like related to one of the sports. but Chesterfield? Chesterfield? No, not Chesterfield. No, nah, it wasn't Chesterfield. The cross. But I had some good times at Chesterfield. <laughs> Oh, I got, hey, definitely I got, had some good times on Chesterfield. Oh yeah, no, and I, I got, I got stories from that yeah. place too. But yeah, I just remember sitting down in a chair in a backyard and feeling the world spin for the first time. <laughs> yeah, because you know you never deal. forget that first time. The first, right? first time it's spinning. Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, so that's what alcohol does. Got it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when I was growing up, alcohol was just accessible, like whether it was family or whatever. And and um, you know, I, I just remember one time not to derail. Uh, uh, what we're talking about, but it was just it just popped in my head. It was it was this one time. So, so I grew up in a story, and it was a group of, of uh, friends that I had. Um, I, you know, we parted ways years ago, but with it, there was actually a place. I think it was it was I don't know if it was run by Middle Eastern folks. I don't I don't remember, but it was a full bar. It was a bar lounge, and this is bef- like they wouldn't card. We were like sixteen. We were up in there drinking liquor and all this stuff. And I never forget this one story. There was this like 50-something-year-old Middle Eastern guy talking to one of my buddies who's 16. And he's like trying to sell him like pills. But he was like this, like it was, and, and the, I, I listened into his sales pitch and he had this like thick accent. And he was like, yes, you buy these pills. He's like, delay come one hour. And it was the funniest shit. Oh, like, wow. yeah, it was, it was, it was absurd. Like there was a lot of crazy shit happening when we grew up uh i know that i completely derailed that out of nowhere <laughs> but but i don't think that perry act actually answered no so fat was the first one I answered. but that was the first fat one heads. yeah okay. but there's more i mean like so and my, we have we have beer from fatheads coming up right yeah yeah that's what i said we're gonna talk about oh, wow. them later, okay so. Th- this is a fucking great uh potential segue yeah look at you killing it but uh <laughs> he, but he my, needs to add podcast like, producer we, on we, his uh, resume we briefly talked about pipers Piper's, Piper's is solid. Always, always. And where, where is Piper's again? Piper's is almost, it's also in the south side, almost across the street from Fatheads, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It, also you, can, you can easily stumble from one to the other. Yeah. I, I, I and recommend. they both have amazing food. So either way, you're fucking set. Yeah. I, I recommend, well, Fatheads has great food. That's too. what I'm saying. They're both solid. Yeah. So, so I recommend, if you go to Pittsburgh, you should go to Fatheads. You should go to Piper's. I, I would recommend not going there like Saturday, it's, Friday. I actually prefer it on the weekdays. Yeah. I mean, so we did we did a beer share every Saturday at Fatheads, mm-hmm. at the one corner of the bar, and that's not as prevalent as it used to be. Mm-hmm. But that was my, like I said, no matter what craziness I got into on Friday night, mm-hmm. I made myself wake up to go to this beer share on Saturdays because those oh, guys nice. were like family to me, oh. and uh, that's part of the you know the part of the crowd that I got to see when I was home. Yeah. Sure. And these are the people like actually one of them, a good friend of mine, uh, briefly worked at Hitchhiker. Okay. That we were talking about. Um, but yeah, like deep in the scene, know all the people. Yeah. Just, you know, it's Pittsburgh is definitely a small city, right? Everybody knows everybody through three connections or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, and those guys were one of the perfect, you know, you want to know 
the beer scene in Pittsburgh, that's how they do it. And, sure. and that speaks to the, that's such a great little like piece of of craft beer and of how it builds community. Like you're saying, like you could get fucking trash Friday, but Saturday, you know, the beer share. Those are your people. Those are the beers you want to try. And, and that to me, that's the most awesome thing about craft beer. It really does build um, community, and and uh, you know we can only hope it continues to kind of to kind of grow. I, I'm excited. I'm glad we're doing this Pittsburgh takeover, even though it's you know it's Queens all day. But um, <laughs> I, I'm very I'm, I'm excited because I I really you know um, you guys are really bringing me into this Pittsburgh world. I know Perry, you're 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 out there all the time. You're drinking all these different beers. I'm going to try to bring you guys a little bit to that. Queens, New York beer beer scene, um, and it's very obviously here. It's very accessible, but I, I'm excited. I mean, the beers we've had so far, I've really enjoyed. They're different style IPAs. I feel like the Galaxy Jam is very very bright, very hop forward. As you said, the Mosaic, it's mm-hmm. very very tasty. Um, I, I'm excited to learn more from you guys about about this Pittsburgh craft okay. uh, yeah. craft beer scene going down. Yeah, well, uh, so, so I have more questions. All right. Uh, so 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 you got to give us a non. South side place to get beer, craft right. beer. Oof. I mean, it was it was tricky to leave South Side once I got there. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Mad Max was always a joint for me. The OG okay. in Oakland. What if you're trying to just get cans? So cans are still rare in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, they're they're starting to come up. Obviously, I brought some. There's no like I got shops. To, I got to mule some stuff up. Yeah. Actually, the main shop I would go to because I don't drive. Right. A lot of a lot of the bigger shops are a little further out. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Because Pittsburgh is one of those places where the city proper population's tiny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this was like the funny stat I actually read before I, I went home. Brooklyn's about 70 square miles. Pittsburgh, the actual border, the limits, is about 60 square miles. Huh. So not that much more, right? Like That's yeah. a chunk of space, but it's not massive. Yeah. But there's only 300,000 people within the city limits of Pittsburgh proper. As soon as you take in what we call Pittsburgh, the greater Pittsburgh area, you're talking more like one to two million, which is roughly what Brooklyn is. Yeah. So if you take the greater Pittsburgh area, it's Brooklyn. But if you take the proper size of all of it, it's a tiny fraction. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, it's, I, and that like that's what I find interesting is the density is not there, but the population is. Sure. And that's the interesting part about Pittsburgh sure. is yeah. We have all the space. We're dropping knowledge right now. And there's just not people there. Sure. Right? Like, I don't know. I grew up just out, just inside the city by Bellevue, Mm -hmm. which was actually a dry neighborhood, a dry community. Yeah. And they've just recently changed the laws and a couple of places have liquor licenses now. And yet, you know, I look at a lot of these places that are, you know, they were middling, right? They're like maybe gaining population, but barely, if that. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Well, when Pittsburgh expanded, because Pittsburgh actually used to not be part of the north side. That was a separate city, Allegheny City. Mm-hmm. And they annexed it. Doubled the population mm-hmm. in one go. Oh, wow. Right? So I'm like, and I know this isn't trivial and this is not back in the day anymore, but I'm like, yo, take over the rest. Make Allegheny County Pittsburgh just like Philly did. Yeah. Right? Philly County is Philadelphia now. Like most yeah. of the counties of the Kings city. County is Brooklyn. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. like take it <laughs> like bring it in get yeah, some like, money but yeah like but, 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 but it's interesting because yeah the city of pittsburgh proper is tiny compared to the community and the actual metropolitan area that is there okay now now but but cans we have no place to go to get cans i mean if you're talking pittsburgh. local do you mean local cans or just anyone anybody's general can shop that has craft beer cans doesn't have to yeah. be specific to pittsburgh so, I mean, just, like if, you, if the, you were like yo i want the, the the most comprehensive place to go 
What would you go? So one of the better ones is unfortunately on the south side as well. Okay. Uh, Carson Street Deli. Yeah. They're, they've, okay. been, they've grown. They used to just be a sandwich shop, but now they're a solid craft beer bar. Okay. And they have really good selection okay. of coolers. I had the worst date of my life at Carson Street Deli. Really? Worst date of my life. That's so is this is this like a like a sit in deli? <laughs> like, it's a sit in deli. Yeah, there's, there's a, a handful of tables. Yeah, so it's a I, small spot. They I have used a, to they live have a backyard now too, though, which is cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I used yeah, to live more cool. like here. I used to live right next door. Not, I mean, like like I mean, like farther towards the river, but like like yeah, you yeah. could walk, you could walk there. Yep. And uh, I was in there on a regular basis. They used to have um, a transgendered person in there, and and one day I was in there. And they threw a rock at this person. Like somebody would have walked in and just threw a rock at this person. And this is, I was like, one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Like so, 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 like, like I've I've seen like real drama. Yeah. In, in this bar, but but secondly, like I, I should say that I had the worst date of my life because I wasn't catfished, but the woman showed up and she didn't look like she did on OK Cupid. Gotcha. And then like <laughs> we didn't we didn't we didn't vibe at all and, and and it actually it was the shortest date I ever went on. It was about forty five so, minutes. So wait, so so different all the wrong questions. Di- that you di- guys different how was a different was a different person in her image or was she like two hundred pounds different? Like what was the difference? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was um she 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 was actually very skinny, but she she she's actually skinnier than her pictures. It, it, she just looked didn't look like her pictures to me. Like she had very flattering pictures, and then it was like she showed up, and it was just like, you don't look anything like. I I don't know how to explain, and I'll I'll try to think more about it, but it was a forty five minute date, and you know even a bad one that I'd had previously had been two three hours. Yeah, you got to get your drink on. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so how did this end so quickly? Because forty five minutes is not a lot of time. Routed. Like I was like, I'm eating a sandwich and drinking a beer, and then like by the time that ended, she's like, I'm out. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> yo, shout out, shout out to Lou, because because uh, uh, we have a mutual friend named Lou. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, we have, good, we, good guy, great guy, very very cool friend. He was at a place called Jacks, and so he's like, yo, I'm drinking at Jacks. I was like, well, I'm coming to drink with you. They like, and so so we just kept drinking yeah. that night. And right. For and, people who don't know, Jacks is kind of like the shitty bar, the shitty dive bar yeah. that everybody goes to no matter what. Yeah, if it's a holiday and everybody's home, that's yeah, where they're that's at. Where they there, there's there's a racist element in there. I will I will say that like if you're a person of color, like you may not want to go in there sometimes. Like I I'll, I'll say all that. But it sounds like you've been there a few times. I've been there countless times. Shout out <laughs> to my man Zach that is a bartender there. Uh, but but they they got some bikers there that that uh. They, they they're pretty racist, but I would not fuck with it. I would you know not, you know I what you gotta do, it. right? You gotta do the Chaz Palmentary scene from Bronx Tale. You gotta lock the door and be like, "Nah, you can't leave." You guys oh, ever seen Bronx Tale? I, I've seen Bronx Tale, I but like, I'm just saying that's organized crime in there. Like, I'm just saying that's not. <laughs> well, it's he not he, he he was Italian organized crime too. <laughs> it was <really>. not. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but shout out to Zach yeah. for sure. So quickly back to your question, I did think of another great place though. If you are trying to get stuff to go, uh-huh. um, D's. D's really D's not not Southside D's okay <laughs> yeah I, okay that yeah that is the D's with a Z not oh with an oh, S. oh 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 where D's is this six packs and dogs oh yes just past Squirrel Hill D apostrophe Z yeah it's yes. a it's a hot dog shop and yes a, and a really good beer bar yes. hot dogs and beers um, you can't go wrong with is that Squirrel Hill it's just past Squirrel Hill I forget the neighborhood proper because it's on the border 
so, that place. So, so guys. You can walk in. Yep. Yeah, Let me. Right you, said, you said talked about that. So where are we going on this Pittsburgh beer journey? Where where are we going next? We did uh, we did Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker. Yep. We did Dancing Gnome. We're, we're gonna hit the Fat Eds next, and then we're gonna hit the the last Hitchhiker after because it's double. All right. So I figure you know. So we have another Hitchhiker. We're, we're gonna up the ABV as we go and get ridiculous. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got I got some Fat Heads knowledge if you guys want to hear it. As we okay. as we segue to there, right? Let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, so Fathead Saloon open in the historic again South Side. I, I, I guess in Pittsburgh South Side's where it's, where where it's okay. at. There's only it two is. or three it, main it, neighborhoods for drinking. Really. So 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 we should give some some background. The two big neighborhoods to me, yep, are the South Side. South Side is, is pretty douchey. Like it's like you, you, it's, it's, it's <laughs> like I said, you got that seven blocks of douche, and then yeah. the rest is reasonable. It is reasonable, but the douche, douche level does bleed. It, you it, can't it, escape it, douche it, wherever you. I mean, there's douche it, everywhere. So. It, it bleeds, but it's like ten to two Friday, Saturday. Any other oh, yeah. time is it's, probably fine. That's why I said I loved living there. It was yeah. beautiful, and if you're even blocks off of Carson, which yeah. is the main strip, it's the main road there. Yeah, just living a, blo- a few blocks away, you'd never know. So I need to ask: Is there a difference between a Pittsburgh douche and a New York douche, or are they are they in the same oh, yeah. spectrum? Oh well. Tell me about a Pittsburgh. I, mean, what, what? I feel like you're better qualified because I don't know New York douches that well yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, what's still, a, I'm still picking them up in my what, radar, what, What's but. a prototypical Pittsburgh Southside 10 to 2 douche? The first thing I can say about Pittsburgh douches, though, they're going to be from the suburbs. They're going to be from the suburbs. Most people that go to the Southside on the weekend to mm. be fucking idiots. They're from the suburbs. They're from the suburbs. They don't yeah. live in the city. Well, well, they don't here, know how to act. We can agree here, on that, yeah? Here, they're from They're from Jersey. It's it's not much different. So I guess it's the same idea. It, 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 it's, yeah. it's the same idea. All right, all right. And it, it, it's very similar. I think the accents are Fuck very different. I mean, like, and maybe it just ends there. Because it's, it's very, it's just very like, yo, you don't want to be around these people. Yeah. And But like 10 to 2. That, that, when I lived on East Carson, I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to be here 10 to 2 Friday and Saturdays, but... Any other time, this is an amazing place to live. Okay. Now, the other neighborhood um, where I lived for six years and I, and, I, and I got to see gentrification happen before my eyes is Lawrenceville. Yep. Lawrenceville is more like Williamsburg. Yeah, it's the, that's what I was saying. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's very it's, – it's, it's incredibly hipster. Yeah. And – That's where all the people that are leaving Brooklyn are going to open places. Wow. Wow. I mean, kind of literally. They're just like, well, I can't afford it here. Let's uh, do it I'm there. sure it's much yeah. cheaper there to open up businesses. Oh, it's crazy yeah. cheaper. Yeah. 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 I mean, Which is part of the reason why the, the craft beer scene is brewing, because it's cheaper to do it in Pittsburgh than it is to do it in, yeah. in you know, an East Coast or West Although Coast. I, I, I do feel like a lot of the places opening in Pittsburgh are people that have been there for a while. Like, they're not transplants taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. They're locals that are going, why not? Although as the scene expands, I would imagine you're going to get some. Oh, it's going to change absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of the people that I've talked to in the scene have either been there for a while, or they went there not for that reason and went, "I can do this though," mm-hmm. because it's actually an option. You Fair know? enough. So yeah. I'm actually excited for um, this Fat Heads, right? This so, is actually one of my favorite IPAs. Um, okay. So these are Pittsburgh OGs. Right? They yeah, opened in 1992, are, right? This is, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the history. And to be honest, well, it's let, funny. Let's factify and then like get, I'll go get the beers. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, I, yeah. All right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me do a quick factification, right? So Fathead Saloon opened in, the, again, the historic south side of Pittsburgh. That is uh, uh, part-time douche-free, part-time douche-filled, apparently, okay. uh, in 1992 and grew to be known for its selection of craft beer and, and their sandwiches, which I believe they're called Hedwiches, right? Yeah. Because they're the size of your fucking head. Yeah, fucking massive, right? I could go for one of those right now. I'm fucking starving. But um, so basically, Brewer Matt Cole, he apprenticed at Baltimore Brewing Company and then worked at Penn Brewery 
and Great Lakes Brewery Company before joining Rocky River Brewing Company. So Cole spent more than a decade there winning several awards at both the Great American Beer Festival and the World Beer Cup. So he he partnered with Glenn, I'm probably going to mess his Benini, there you go, owner of Fathead Saloon in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to open Fathead's Brewery and Saloon in Cleveland, Ohio in 2009. A production brewery opened in Middlesbrough Heights in um, Ohio, I believe. I just lost my uh, spot here. Just bare. Based in Cleveland, basically. It's ba- based in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was, I believe, in March 2012. And then they opened up another location in Portland, Oregon, in, I think in uh, November 2014. I was, right. I was right. They did do that. I was there. And you were there. With part of, it, part it, of the shout out to Beer ooh, Camp. Nice. Uh, the people, like I said, the beer share people I was with. Um, yeah, a ton of us went out just for the opening to help support them and be there for it. So, it, w- would it be would it be asinine if I went through all the accolades they won? Do you guys want to hear some of that shit? They they got a couple. It's they got a lot actually. Um, Two thousand nine Headhunter, which I believe this is That's what we're what drinking. We're drinking right yeah, this is their kind of like this is their claim to fame, basically. Yeah, this won the gold in the uh, American style IPA for West Coast IPA Fest. Um, I mean, there, there's so many. This this beer also won the silver in 2010 for the Great American Beer Festival. Um, I mean, it's, they and it's not just this beer. There, there's many beers that they won um, extensive um, awards for. Yeah, so they've got beers. They've got one of the one of the best local beers they have is their Bumbleberry, which is a a lager or a, you know, more of a lagery kind of ale. That's a uh, Easy going, right? It's it's one of those very approachable beers for people that are figuring out if they're into craft beer, if you will. Um, and it's cool because they actually drop blueberries, fresh blueberries, into the beer if you go to the brewery. So, what was your guys' wow. um, first experience with 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 Fatheads? It's got to be a Pittsburgh staple, right? Ninety two. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, so I'd been there once or twice to eat. Um, but my first serious experience, I was sitting at the bar grabbing food on a Saturday and, uh, you know, chatting with the bartenders, just chilling out. And this guy says, hey, do you want a taste of this? I went, yeah, all right. Somebody's offering me free beer. And it was the beer camp people had some stuff at the end of the bar. And so they, you know, the bartender had seen me in once or twice and he offered me a taste. Next thing I know, I'm talking to these guys and they're just like, oh, yeah, we brought a bunch of stuff back from here, there and everywhere. And we're just having beers like you. Let's share. Let's have a good time. Next thing I knew, you're hooked. That was my Saturday thing. Well, we go. I'm gonna say I I've heard about Fatheads and I've heard about this this particular IPA. I've never had it, and I was th- this is one of the beers that I was most excited for today. So I'm about to try this right now. I can tell you, I mean, I love I love the color of this, um, and it it drinks. You know, it, it just looks so good in these 16 ounce. BTBT glassware, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is available at the BTBT store at www.beertodaybeertomorrow.com. But um, seriously, though, like the Fatheads head on IPA, I've heard many, many good things. Um, this is probably when I, when when my limited Pittsburgh beer knowledge this this was kind of at the forefront. Um, their beer, this the, you know the, their company and their beer. So right now, I'm about to tr- this is one of the the uh, craft beer bucket list. This was on there. You had yeah. some Pittsburgh on this list, okay? All right. All right. Full disclosure. And uh, I'm about to try it now. So please, gentlemen, talk amongst yourselves as I as I savor this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like for me, one of the reasons I love this beer is because it's got such a balance, right? Like we all love hobby beers and they'll blow your mind and they'll blow your palate too. This is something you can have a handful of and just chill on. It's not sessionable, but it's more than drinkable for a few. 
This is really nice. Now, what does it mean to be sessionable? You can have a bunch and drink not it all be day. Yeah. <laughs> drink Usually. it all day. Or not lose your taste and so if it's a session it IPA, that means it's higher alcohol. Session is lower alcohol. Session is lower. Oh, so so okay okay I get yeah. it. I Although get it's funny because in America, session originally was three or four percent, which is like British style, mm-hmm. and because of the craft beer scene, that's now five or six. Wow. Like our definition of sessionable has changed quickly in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I had a session IPA the other day that I brought back. I think it was from LIC actually, and it was five seven or something. Okay. I was like, that's a normal beer. Yeah. How yeah. is that a session beer? And then I went, oh, right. Right. America. America. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's show. The Pittsburgh takeover was in full effect, and it was a lot of fun, but it's still Queens all day, though. Now, this Friday, December 8th, BTBT is co-sponsoring Controlled Chaos 3 at the Image Gallery at 1501 Broadway from 6 p.m. to 11 the event features over 20 musicians and artists, and yours truly, BTBT, will be posting up laying down another dose of dopeness. Toys in their original packaging will also be collected on site for Toys for Tots. Get your tickets at eventbrite.com for Controlled Chaos 3. We'll be back next week with part two of the Pittsburgh Takeover. But until then, keep following the Craft Beer Odyssey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As always, no matter where you are in the world, drink local, drink fresh. Repeat. Cheers.